So when talking about overthinking free will and patterns of control, getting into correlation can really help us to define and understand what it means to flow versus what it means to try to control everything. So to have a word is uh, pretty understated. I think this is pretty important this topic, this conversation, just to think about even. Because when we think about what we cannot control and what we can control, there's different aspects of depending on what you want. So you can control, for instance, how you see perspective so if say a dryer or a washer were to break down you can control how you see the situation you may not be able to control however how you react at first let's not kid ourselves here but you can control And I'll give you those two examples because they're good examples, actually. And I have had enough life experience to understand and, in fact, advise why a change of perspective is something to be considered when thinking about what you can control. If the washer is broken down, you might not be able to control that, how you react, the frustrations, the circumstances of having to do laundry outside your home, getting away to get to a laundromat, loading up your your vehicle or somebody else's vehicle with your clothes and washing your clothes. But you can change the perspective to say that you can go out run your errands, have the opportunity to do convenient errands around an area with a laundromat that you'd never normally go to and discover maybe new ways of banking as an opportunity, maybe new ways of maybe new stores you haven't heard of, things like this, even though you're pissed off about the laundry. The dryer. If the dryer does not work or if it's not working, there's other perspectives. A lot of countries, people do not use dryers. You know, we have it very easy here in the U.S. or Canada or the uh, possibly Canada, possibly the U.K. But especially here in the U.S., we have it very easy. We all expect our clothes to be dry and wrinkle-free and ironed and all this crap, right? But even a lot of us who uh, have not always had access to a dryer, we've found ways to make this work. Um, 
one of the ways that um, when my husband and I had first got on our own, we were very young. Instead of running to my mother's house to use her washer, um, especially since we, it was just the two of us, it would have created like just an annoyance of, and maybe once in a while we had tried it just to see if we had liked using, but it became like, oh, you got to like go to somebody else to use their washer and the laundromat was doable at times um but we wanted a little more privacy because clothes could get stolen things like that sometimes they were always full sometimes they didn't work so what we decided to do is save up the money and get the spin washer dryer set um that you would hook up, the washer you'd hook up to your sink. The hose would would hook up to the faucet of the sink and you could get water pumping that way. It would spin your clothes. This is from Panda. And then the dryer would kind of like wring your clothes out, but it wouldn't dry them. Oh my God, what do you do? Well, what we realized is that we had the advantage of being in the corner. And even during times when outside was not the best option, we would hang our clothes around in the bathroom area, in the bedroom area. And then what we realized was the power of the sun could dry our clothes in about a day or two's time. And though this wasn't the instant ritzy luxury that we're used to, it worked and it got our clothes dry. And it worked. And in fact, the sun actually would get the clothes pretty damn hot. If you could kind of... um leave them out for a while and that kind of thing. And so having a child is a little bit differently when working with this. Like you would have to stock up on some clothes and you would have to really figure out the laundry situation um, so that it could work so that while clothes were drying, clean clothes were had. But you would go to things like thrift stores and, you know, buy the clothes in stock, things like this, if that were to happen. And it's really all about how you look at things. Now, the washer and dryer example is just a very easy example. And that's why I chose it, because a lot of us go through washer and dryer breakdowns. Um, if the dishwasher breaks down, you have the advantage of having something to do that is relaxing away from the phone and you have the advantage of really giving your kitchen a thorough cleaning more thoroughly than you would have just using the dishwasher because the dishes take a lot more thorough cleaning to do You're moving around a lot more, so you get that movement, that mindful movement. 
And so you might react at first. You might even like slap the desk or whatever it is that you're doing. And you might even get frustrated. You might blame, well, this person broke this and that person broke this and this person won't come out to fix it and that caused too much and blah, 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 blah. You might do that. But in order to actually do something about the problem, you have to take responsibility for your perspective enough to say, but this is still a need in life. And I have to do something about it. And by doing that and understanding the different perspectives, you can see advantages to doing things differently. Hanging your clothes up, for instance, forces you to go outside more and be in nature. Going to the laundromat forces you to run errands and make new discoveries of what is around there. So you can definitely control how your perspective changes over time slowly by just doing this every day and seeing the advantages that lie within your little struggles and maybe little temporary tastes of adversity. And by doing this and having this understanding When we think about conflict and process and relationships and life in general and, and contemplation and introspection, we say we don't want to overthink and we end up overthinking anyway. Usually when you're overthinking a lot, it must mean you need to go deep within your process. You need to introspect. And then it really comes down to the only cure and the only way to not overthink is to actually take action. Because the more you try to force yourself to not overthink, the more you try to force yourself to tell yourself how stupid it is what you're thinking about, the more you try to force yourself, then that means you're trying to control the overthinking process when actually what you can do is actually take action in what you're overthinking about. And the reason that understanding this is so valuable is you're allowing yourself to recognize where you don't have control over everything. We don't. Free will does not mean we have control over everything. But we do have the freedom to change the way we think of something. And so overthinking really is just meaning that taking action of any kind that will correlate and connect with what you're overthinking about will stop the overthinking process. You could argue that this could complicate things. You could argue that this could be the wrong move. But by not doing anything about it, you're going to continue to overthink. You're going to continue to find escapism to force the overthinking and repress 
thoughts. Therefore, trying to hold on to this imaginary control that you think you have that's not coming out of thin air and to actually go way deep into recognizing what you don't have control over and what you do have control over. So just kind of a quick word on perspective, overthinking, to kind of um, go a little bit more practical on free will. Thank you for listening. Take care of your life. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Free will. Mindset. Action.